Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome back to Homeschool Together. It is a new year. We have gone around the the sun yet again, and this year we have an extra day. We so survived. That we, that we survived. We got to make. We got to make up for those quarter days we have left behind. Um, thank it's you. A leap year, man. I know. Thank you, guys. Every one of you. You guys are wonderful. You know, obviously it's a brand new year, but um, we crossed a quarter million downloads for the podcast, which oh, is a what nice. A, what a big, exciting. It is a cheers ni- to us. It is cheer, cheers to us. Ding, ding, ding. Ding. We um, can actually say that we can now measure, measure our podcast in, in episodes. The M's. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Always then fractions of a million, and we know there's a bunch of new listeners that maybe have found us just recently. Um, feel free to go down and check all of our links in our social media as well as our YouTube channel where we do mm-hmm. our videos as we kind of live, live vlog our homeschooling experience. We've done our around the world journey, we've done our prehistory, and we're currently doing ancient civilizations. Mm-hmm. And we provide a lot of like extra resources and a lot of great things for you. And if you're thinking about, hey, these guys are really good, how can I support the podcast? There is always a link to do that in our Gumroad store as well. Um, so today we were going to be doing kind of a wrap up love of, you know, what are we doing for this coming year? Like, yeah, you, this is you, one of my favorite episodes really, because it's fun. You know, it's, it's funny. We do this episode to tell you all what we're going to do, but we end up, this spurs us to like make a plan for what we're actually going to do. <laughs> so we, we just sat here before the episode and going like, okay, well, I mean, we well, basically knew this and we had the, the big movements, yeah, exactly. but we didn't have like, exactly what are we going to do with each kid? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's for us, it's our Gosh, she's third grade now. She's going to be third grade this this coming year. She's second yeah. right now. We've been doing this for four years now with our daughter. Our Now our littlest will become part of the story. Um, but Well, yeah, I, I think actually know, five because we started when she was three. That's right. Let's give ourselves all the credit. Yeah, we're half decade. We're <laughs> half right. decade in this. We're pros. Yeah, we're pros. We're, <laughs> you know. like, we're like literally experts. First ballot <laughs> Hall of Famers here. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, we know there's a lot of homeschooling families out there who might be cutting their teeth for the first time this year. Yeah. And it can be a lot of really scary. And, you know, you're probably thinking about like, oh, what curriculums do I choose? And how do I plan all this? And the funny thing for a lot of us as my hands are flying around and I know I'm getting free steps. Give me one second. He's Italian. He gestures with I'm his I'm Italian, hands. yes. Um, my Italian heritage was coming out. The, you know, we, you know, we, we've made a lot of decisions over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like really just executing the game plan that we already know that's coming, right? Yeah. And for a lot of us, it's just, okay, well, it's, what's the next you know, level or what is the next thing that we have to do or, you know, how are we going to cycle back and, and incorporate, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the nuance of kind of a unique year this year, but mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff is already kind of written in stone. Like, okay, our, our daughter's responding well to this curriculum. We are going to then move on to the next thing. We have our patterns, especially when it comes to math and reading. So I would say the movements are, are yeah. in stone, right? So it's the major movements. It's not the exact. And and yeah. I'll give a good example of that. We really felt looking back at 2023, we, our, our older daughter loved um, Blossom and Root Early Years, mm-hmm. volume two. She just, I mean, she took to it. She loved it. She loved the classical music. She loved the building blocks. She just, she loved all the pieces, right? This was mm-hmm. the painting, all of it. It was great for her. So we knew that that what was set in stone for us was that this year we were going to really start um, formally, you know, kind of paying attention to our preschooler who's now four. And we were really going to start being intentional with her. We have done mm-hmm. lots of play-based stuff. And she's, of course, you know, sitting this there with... This is our four-year-old, not our eight-year-old. Right, our four-year-old. We, she's been sitting there with her older sister. She's been, you know, picking up lots of stuff in the background and things. But this year was the first year we were going to be intentional with something for and her. Yeah, yeah. Now, we decided to try Blossom in Volume 2, which she totally didn't take to, as much as we love that curriculum. And our older loved it. She loved it. Yeah. Our younger did not. So that's, I think... So we went ahead and and kind of pivoted and said, yeah. well, we're going to do some more workbooks and things with our younger daughter, which she absolutely loves. Which and is the funny thing is, and maybe just as a, like an outside, yeah. you know, stepping back and saying, 
you know, when you have multiple kids, you always think, oh man, it's, you know, the, the, the second one's going to be just like the first right, one. And they're totally And they're like mere opposites right now. They are. And at four, <laughs> our older daughter, our older daughter now likes workbooks, but she didn't love them at four. No. Our younger one loves them. So, so yeah. So when we say written in stone, I think we're really saying yeah. like, you know, the, the older one is the almost, intention and yeah. the basic game plan. And, and that was true. We were more intentional about our daughter, our younger daughter in 2023. We tried, we tried blossom and root. We tried a couple of different, um, types of curriculum things. We tried a little bit of playing preschool. That was just not her jam. Um, and so we ended up just kind of getting these workbooks and then adding in all this ancient civilization stuff that we're doing with our older daughter. We just kind of folded in our younger daughter and she's mm-hmm. really just liked kind of being a part of that. So we found that that was enough. So, so yeah, we have because this she is kind preschool of, and, and we know out there, there's a lot of talk about, Oh no, do I need a preschool curriculum? Do I need to do stuff? And there's a lot of people who fall on the no just let them play. They're preschoolers. And the other people will say, well, no, you can do things with them that are more structured. And it's totally, in my and opinion. the answer is yes on both. It's totally dependent <laughs> on your kiddo. Yeah, exactly. Right? Our daughter was ready to do something. She was jealous of sister getting to do things. She yeah. wanted to be a part of it. And for us to be like, no, you're four. You can't start learning math. She was just not cool with, right? She she, cool she wanted to know her numbers. And she wanted to talk about colors. And she wanted to play work on and... some letter recognition and play board games and she wanted to do all that stuff so it would have been wrong for us to say no but for other folks whose kids are just totally not in that sphere and and yeah play 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 this great so do whatever you do whatever's right with your child right so we we've thought ahead you know a few years and kind of thought about like the major movements of what we really want to do and you know based on our kids temperaments and what they like and things and the kind of goals that we have for them, the, mm-hmm. the big overarching goals, what we kind of plan to do each year. So that's where, yeah, we step into this new year and we go, okay, we're going to execute. This is the year, for example, that we know this is the great convergence year mm-hmm. where we're going to start merging our kids' um, social studies and kind of our bit, you know, we do we did prehistory, as you talked about. We did an around the world journey. We're doing ancient civilizations. This is the year where we're going to bring our kids together and have them do one thing together. Mm-hmm. So that's our big thing this year it is other than of course math and reading for science and for you know social studies and things in history we're going to bring them together yeah. so that's kind of the major the major movements and, and we'll talk a little bit about yeah exactly we'll go through all doing. well all of it but that's kind of when we we talk about you know we already have this game plan mm-hmm. it's not that the flexibility isn't there to make curriculum changes oh, or pivot not, yeah. or the way that we're doing it because we are flexing constantly we're we're, (laughs) we're we're flexing week to week right i mean we're we're absolutely in discovery mode with our youngest we are but even our oldest is changing quite a bit at this point at eight she's got a lot more opinions about things and oh she got a lot of opinions there's a lot of sass there (laughs) she's got a lot um and so i think the thing is it's like I feel we're pivoting every week. You know, we're doing ancient civilizations and there's some weeks that are just really clicking and hitting and there's other weeks that aren't great and we're like, eh, we're going to pivot, we're going to do this or, oh, we're going to lean into shield making. You know, if you watched our YouTube videos, you saw us make shields um, because that's what our kids were into that week. So, you know, the, I think that the, the whole summary of this little soapbox of mine is, (laughs) you know, it's great to have an overall plan, but in the details, you have to be willing to pivot and be Absolutely. flexible. And I think that has worked really well for our family, at least. we I don't think we've ever done like a 180 where we were like thought that this was in general what we were going to do. And it was like out of left field. No, we can't do that. We've had a little bit more with that with our four-year-old. That's been kind of the... A little bit, but nothing where we were like, oh, that's totally not, you know, we, we tried to work on this and we had this goal this year that we were going to teach her numbers and ugh, threw that right out the window. Oh, yeah, I mean, no. there hasn't been anything like major that way. It's just been... What materials did we use? How did we present something? Mm-hmm. Maybe how intensive something was, even for our older daughter. It's more like the nuances of it. Yeah, we had a lot more frustrations, I think, with our oldest daughter when we were first getting started with mm-hmm. respect to reading and math. My youngest is almost polar opposite of that. She's like right, begging for it. It's, um, it's unbelievable. Right, and we probably started a little bit too early with our older daughter, but we she was asking for it, and we didn't realize that just because she wanted it, she wasn't really ready for it. Yes. Whereas our younger daughter is both asking for it and, and giving us the signs that she's ready. Exactly. So, so let's dive into it. Um, our oldest daughter is eight and she'll be turning nine later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's kind of in that quote unquote second grade. We know homeschoolers, we really don't think about grades, but 
But when we do. Let's but we do. It. It's, it's sort of like, <laughs> don't judge, judge a book by its cover. And yes, we judge every book by its cover. Um, right. I think it's, they're guidelines. They're guidelines. And, I, and it's really helpful for us to try to use them to basically place curriculum. Mm-hmm. But when you, you know, buy something for the grade it's supposed to be, and then that doesn't work, you're like, you, you feel free to pivot up or down and exactly. not feel bad about it. You're like, oh, I'm homeschooling. I have permission to <laughs> go either direction. But in general, freedom, yeah. she's in second grade. Exactly. So she's second grade. So let's dive into math. So the math this year will be kind of broken up into two pieces, the first half of the year and the second half of the year. The first half of the year, we're going to spend uh, finishing up our Right Start Math D, which we are currently, gosh, like 60% of the way through. Um, And that is the equivalent of like kind of a late third grade, early fourth grade math. So for her age, she is very accelerated in math. She's she's Um, really talented with math. Very talented with math. She just gets it. um, The Right Start Math has been a great curriculum for us and for her. And I'm I'm eager to see if it works for my youngest. We'll we'll find out later. (laughs) Little spoilers coming up. Uh, And then what we like to do with Right Start Math is once we finish that, we'd like to backfill that with a little bit of mastery because um, I like her to just, you know, have practice doing problems Mm -hmm. and going over um, the same concepts twice or three times for her is very helpful and we'd use math mammoth as that review. So we finished the right start math D um, and I'll probably start it a little bit before the end of that in order to not feel like it's just a serial event. We'll mm-hmm. kind of do it in parallel a little bit. I'll overlap it. Right start has about 135 lessons in it um, for one, one unit. Um, and I'll probably start the math mammoth somewhere around the hundred or 110 lessons. So like in the last like two or three months of the curriculum, I'll, start having her do one or two pages of math mammoth it will be very easy because it's stuff that she had already learned right. from and last it's year it's nice it's independent it, it's a great thing to do too because when, when you're going to make that yeah. transition it's going to be in the summer so it'd be a great way to kind of scale back on the formal lessons a little bit um and with still reinforcing math concepts and every i believe day. that will be math mammoth three three, three. Yeah. yeah that's ones we'll, we'll be on and hopefully um, it typically takes us a couple months to finish that as a review. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll take up probably for the most the rest of the year, maybe half the year um, into the summer. And we, and you know, just as an adjunct, we do homeschool year round. That's an important thing for us. It frees up a lot more time, say at the hol- holidays. It gives us more free time to do travel. It gives us more free time to, you know, life comes and we, we want a few days That's off. Right. We homeschool all year round. And so for us, we were able to make up more ground. And I actually think we cover more ground because of that as well. Yeah, I think we do too. And it's just an important note on Right Start. You know, Right Start A starts kind of the kindergarten, but Math Mammoth doesn't start till grade one. Grade so one. that's why you have to go through four, you know, we're going through four lessons of Right Start and only getting <laughs> on the third lesson of Math Mammoth. Exactly. Um, and one of the things we really like about Right Start is it's just got this great, um, theoretical foundation of yeah, math it's a lot of just, great concepts and it loops really well right i feel like the way that i learned math in school was just v- like rote memorization and practice you just mm-hmm. did the same thing over and over again right start gives you all the kind of like the whys the background all that context and then math mammoth gives you all that practice so the two of them together i think are a really powerful combo i do um, and math mammoth is super affordable so it's just a great way to kind of pick up uh reinforce those concepts because right start while it's great in the conceptual thing, doesn't seem to have as much um, just practice problems. So the two dovetail super well together. That is true for those first few uh, levels of it. I'm starting to see a lot more practice problems now. Um, But not to the same level that Math Mammoth has. So if you find that your learner needs a lot more practice, Math Mammoth tends to lead into that a little bit better, and I like that for that reason. And that is why I use it um, as this kind of review, is it's almost like a practice review. You could also put, you could do them at the same time if you were not on the same level. Um, If you wanted to have something that your child could do independently every day, because that's one of the great things about Math Mammoth for us. Right Start is very instructor intensive. You've really got to sit there and work through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Even at this level, it, it does. Even at this level, I could see us say, you know, you start, you know, you're almost done with Right Start. You start Math Mammoth 3. Um, I could see you almost w- go ahead and start with Right Start E, which is going to be the next step. Mm-hmm. You know, sometime when you want, you still want her to be working independently in Math Mammoth so you can work with our younger daughter. Because yeah. it gives her a great like, oh, yeah, do two pages of that. And maybe that's something she learned months back. But yeah. 
you can kind of use it as great review. Yeah, and we'll talk about this towards the end. Uh, the, the idea of balancing is going to be a challenge for us. That's something we're going to have to learn. So going into, as what you said, um, the second half of the year, very simple. We're just going to go right into Right Start E, which will be the next level. And we'll just continue that for the end of the year. So math is fairly straightforward for us. Yeah. We tend to complete about one and a half um, levels of Right Start a year with the Math Mammoth um, review as well. So right. typically we're doing about one and a half levels. We could go a little faster, but I like slowing down a little bit and doing a lot of review, um, doing those practice problems. I think it's been a cool thing that we've done for the last two years that I think has really, you know, driven home the concepts, but also because I drive home the concepts, it has increased our velocity, mm -hmm. um, in order to get through the math. So it's been a cool little, little wrinkle that we've kind of discovered that works. We're going to ride that wrinkle as long as, long <laughs> yeah. as it rains. No, and, and if we end up finding at one point that one of the curriculums is working much better than the other, then we may pivot. But right now, they work yeah. really well together. And it's we probably are still, our most like solid thing we do. It, it totally is. And um, just a note for those of you who are just looking at Right Start, it's a pretty expensive initial mm -hmm. manipulative set. It's a couple hundred bucks. Um, but we've been using it since level A. And I think you can use that set. I mean, you use that set the whole time. But mm -hmm. uh, in, in middle school, you have to add a geometry extra set. So this set will take us without needing to buy anything else through all of elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then it'll take us there with our second daughter as well. Yep. So, you know, pretty, ex you know, a little expensive initial, um, but man, it's really paid off having those manipulatives because that's one of the things with Math Mammoth. While it's great and you can, they make some suggestions she makes about what you could do as manipulatives and some things you could print off yeah, and sure. stuff. The tactileness, the, that Right Start Math manipulative set yeah. is really top notch. Um, and I'm super glad that we bit the bullet and just got that. Yeah, it was a, I think it was a good investment. Yeah. Now, definitely. moving on from math for our eight year old into reading. Uh, we have finished All About Reading Level 2. We just did that probably towards the end of last year. We have been doing All About Spelling Level 1, mm -hmm. which has been kind of a brisk review because she is able to spell those words very easily. Typically, All About Spelling is something you want to finish after the first level of All About Reading, but we finished the first two, so she's a little bit more advanced, and so we're moving through it really quickly. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of go through the curriculum just for myself to know what it's like, but also to drive home that, okay, she does know how to spell these words. CV, it's a lot of CVC words. But it's this is really great. And reinforcing our, the rules and all that stuff. Our daughter is like super, she's great in math, but reading is something that she struggles with mm -hmm. in both, not so much skill, I think, a little bit in skill, but mostly in confidence. It's all confidence. And yeah. so doing all about spelling, especially doing it a little bit later, it's really building a lot of confidence for her. So mm -hmm. I could see us definitely finish all about spelling one because she's doing it mostly independently. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, probably picking up all about spelling level two uh, and going through that as well, because again, she can be independent while we're working on the next level right? exactly and so then once we finish all about spelling we may do all about spelling too but um probably maybe in parallel in with... parallel with all about uh reading level three right. and so exactly. fairly straightforward straight into that we're going to take a little bit of a break like we always do and have her do a little bit of explode the code and beyond the code this mm -hmm. is something just like we use with math mammoth as kind of a reinforcing um concepts Mm -hmm. I like using Explode the Code and specifically the Beyond the Code for the reading, reading comprehension. and the reading comprehension stuff. I, I've been enjoying that because the stories are really accessible at her level. Um, the, the questions and answers are, are really good and I like it. And we've done, I think, a couple levels of that now. And I, we're just going to pick up the next level. It's been great. It's, it's been great. It's been something that... And again, just like Math Mammoth, it's a very affordable curriculum. Yeah, it's super duper affordable. It's another independent thing. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And we even used Get Ready for the Code with our, our younger youngest, daughter. Yes. And that worked great she as well. That, yeah. She really liked it. Um, we did end up starting her with uh, All About Readings pre-reading. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that a little bit. But we did do the Get Ready for the Code earlier. Mm -hmm. So that whole Beyond the Code and Explode the Code series. We've touched almost every level of it it's now. It's really yeah. good. Um, it looks kind of cheesy when you look at like the drawings and stuff. Our kids really like it. So yeah, if you haven't, and especially if you're on a budget, that's a great one to look into. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing that we're doing specifically not curriculum based, but we are increasing the amount of time that she is spending reading books. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that we've added. If you go back a couple episodes, we talked about our Kanban board. We are now fully Kanban family uh, for at least our older daughter on 
daily tasking, yeah. you know, things you have to get done, all your hobbies you have to work on, all your extracurriculars that you have signed up for that you make sure you need to practice, things like violin, playing basketball, doing your dance and things like that, keeping her fresh with that, but also mm-hmm. giving her time to read every single day, about 20 to 30 minutes a day yeah. where no pressure, nobody's in the room, she's quietly reading her books. Um, we do verify a little bit on the reading comprehension, so... I will quickly read what she supposedly has read. It's something that I can do in about two or three minutes. For her, it's a lot more challenging. Um, And then I ask her some questions, and if she answers those correctly, that's how I know that she was able to read what she did. But I don't don't police this for accuracy. I'm really just trying to get her the habit and the enjoyment Mm -hmm. of time in book. Um, and just really like enjoying that. And we've purchased, uh, we're focusing mainly on graphic novels. It's something that she yep. identifies well with, something that she enjoys. Um, and we picked, we get, we gave her a bunch for the holidays. Right. And it yeah. Was, we gave yeah. her the first book in a number of yeah. very early chapter book series so kind of, of like graphic test, novels. Testing series. which one she might enjoy. Yeah. And actually, I'll give you that list that you can put in the show notes because you guys can click on this. I did a lot of research to try to find the basic easiest reading uh, graphic novels to start with. Um, so that's been really great. We're also working on, um, for for reading, we're working on uh, upping that active literacy. Mm-hmm. We find with two children, we don't have as much time to read as we did before. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially... It used to be when our little one was more of a glow worm or just playing, we could just read to our older daughter and she would just kind of play. But now she's like, no, no, no. If you read to her, you read to me. And now we yeah, have like was, doubled that, the reading time. That's what happened tonight. Yeah. She's like, oh, you read to her last night. You have to read to me So now. it's a whole it's like, thing. Oh God, so thing. <laughs> grandma luckily got Yodo players for us for Christmas. And I think we'll do a whole episode on those coming up because mm-hmm. they've been fantastic for homeschool. Um, but we're using those to outsource a little bit of the reading in audio form just to increase the active literacy of both kids yep. and it's really our eight-year-old especially loves it so even our four-year-old is enjoying it as well yeah they, they both are so it's really great so between doing the reading curriculum and then reinforcing it with explode the code doing her own reading and then having that audio time um you know we're hoping that multifaceted approach will really just kind of cement that yeah. love of reading for her and and you know we, we've we've mentioned a lot of stuff in in Please keep in mind, this is something that, you know, we're talking about things that we're doing over the course of the entire year, all these various things that we're not doing all these things at one time. You know, at any one point, we may be doing one, two curriculums and the reading activities as well. And that's about it. And on a daily basis, we might spend an hour, hour and 10, hour and 15, including her private reading time, you know, doing reading level activities and stuff like that. And for math, it's about... Gosh, I'm doing about 30 or 40 minutes a day, um, about three or four times a week. And and that's yeah. about it. That's all we do. And so we kind of spread it out. And it's, okay. it's not as intense as it sounds, um, but we have found a nice groove with her. I would say, would you say our daily homeschool time, not her independent reading time, the mm. time you're actually sitting and instructing with her um, and our younger daughter, I would say it's probably in the sub two hour mark a daily if you averaged it across the day. Some days yeah. we do a little more because we don't have as many classes at our parent partnership and other days we have a lot. So yeah, typically, you know, we do less. And- I'm very heavy on Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays. Those are my big, big, big homeschool days. Um, and that will be that will be true going forward until June. Um, yeah, and then the summer the summer will open wide up and I got a lot more time there. Um, and then we're going to see how the, the end of the year, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end, how the end of the year might, might work out. But mm-hmm. right now I'm doing about three you know, big days, and those days tend to be a lot longer, right. um, a lot more intensive. Wednesdays and Fridays tend to be a, very light. Um, and in that respect, I, I tend to make up stuff in the evenings, like reading books or... On the weekends, if you're doing something like mm-hmm. at a play or something of that nature, I have to, I will then, you know, read stories and, you know, read chapter books and whatnot. Yeah. So a lot of times I make choices, kind of spread some of the reading out throughout mm-hmm. the week. So you're right. About two and a half hours a day, maybe at the most is what, what we're investing. Right. On average. On average. On average. And, and that would include a lot of the time I'm putting in with my youngest as well. Right. Yeah. So let's get into the big thing, the big um, merging. So. The first half of this year is going to be fairly straightforward with respect to our social studies curriculum. Uh, we are just going to continue doing our ancient civilizations. This is the Build Your Library Ancient Civilizations. Level curric- one. Level one. Um, we have been very much enjoying it. I think we're on. We're about to start week 21, so we've got about another 15 weeks or so to go. Mm-hmm. Just over halfway through. 
we believe we will finish that sometime in May, maybe June timeframe. Yeah. Um, and then when that's done, we are going to then fall back two years. The great convergence. The great convergence. <laughs> and we are going to align our youngest, who will then be five at that time, and starting her kindergarten experience, her K mm-hmm. experience. And we're going to be doing the around the world journeys, but it's going to be a little bit more truncated than we did before. And we're going to do what the exciting thing is, we're going to bring along an older learner. And we know there's a lot of families out there who are homeschooling. And there's a big question, how do I bring an older learner along with a younger person's curriculum? And we're going to be really tackling that, especially in our vlogging, we're going to talk about the challenges there, and what we are going to do. So if you are going to take this journey, around the world we already did a whole over one year of vlogging right. videos we comboed tor- torchlight zero and, and build, build your, your library li- or torchlight k and build your library zero and we did this was a year and a half or something, something like that, and yeah. so we're not we're not going to do that again we're going to do a much more truncated version because we have the kids together um and we're going to try to keep that down and we're also going to you know we know what we like we know what we want to lean into when it gets that time we'll have an episode and we'll talk all about exactly what our plan but is we're as, still talking about as we what we want to do continue to vlog through our experience we're going to you know reference the the, yeah. the books for older learners so yeah. like that's we'll have second. a nine-year-old we got to bring bring along and exactly we, you know the same i mean as much as she's i think still going to enjoy some picture books because i still enjoy some picture books <laughs> um yeah there's going to be other challenges and there's going to be some other things that we're going to want to lean into with her absolutely now the thing that we are missing is we were pl- thinking about doing the torchlight pre-k but we're going to decide not to do that because our, our youngest is just not into that well she's um, actually really enjoying the ancient civ stuff yeah it was funny because she was asking me about athena last night and wanting to watch videos on youtube about all about athena and our younger daughter was the one requesting this so yeah. i think she she fell into enjoying the ancient civ stuff more than we expected her to it for yep. Yep. um but we had thought about doing you know she, she didn't really take to the blossom and root um early years volume two because it wasn't quite rigorous enough it wasn't quite enough activity for her it was gentler um and we thought well she'd probably meld a lot better with torchlight pre-k which when we did it with our older daughter at four was a little bit too much for her exactly Uh, so it's funny but we thought yeah this is actually be perfect for our younger daughter um but we don't have time to do the whole thing we want to get to the around the world journey she wants to do the around the world journey so yeah we talked about just, we'll, we'll pull in our favorite picture books because we, we bought a lot of those for Torchlight Pre-K. Um, and we'll use some of the, what I really want to lean into is the social emotional part because that's really the, like the gem of Torchlight Pre-K yeah. is teaching them all about emotions and things and um, that kind of emotional literacy. And we still reference the Breathe Like a Bear book and stuff. I heard and we your have, feelings and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, so we have all that stuff. So I think what we're going to do is go through there and uh, really lean into that stuff in the first half of the year and pick out our favorite books from it and our some of our favorite activities um, and kind of take take what we want from Torchlight Pre-K since we already own it yep. um, before we move on to level K, which I think she's more than ready for. Absolutely. I think that's going to be a, a really, for us, it's going to be a, a nice discovery because we're going to have to do some work and, you know, finding things that our oldest is going to enjoy and maybe find new gems for her separate from, you know, when her experience, she was six years old when she did that. Mm-hmm. And now she's going to be, you know, close to nine. When, when we right. start that again, she's going to have a different appreciation She's going to have a different level of expectation and she's going to have a different level of capabilities that right. we that we can exploit for learning and reading and math and other types of interests that she may have. And we can begin to cultivate that. And so I think that's going to be a nice little wrinkle. And especially we know there's a lot of families out there who, who ask this question of, you know, I got these curriculums. Am I able to bridge this up? Right. And in some questions, can I bridge it down? <laughs> yeah. You know, because so I want to, you know, bring... I don't want to have to have three separate curriculums. People for... who do multiple levels of build your library, my hat's off to you, man. Oh I don't gosh. know how how I, I, we strugg- I would do that. We struggle to balance the one. I mean, I can't imagine if I was doing around the world with my kindergartner and then I had to go do medieval, middle, middle, ages middle ages with ages. my oh older. My it's like oh, my head would be spinning. And I think for us, we're going to do all this again. Um, but we're going to be doing it, I think, with this new wrinkle that I think is going to be interested. I think it's going to be interesting to a lot of families out there who might want to, br- yeah. you know, kind of bring kids together and make things a little bit more 
realistic from the standpoint of the educator. Well, I'm excited because when we did Around the World the first time, we did not have our resource guides done at the time that we went through and did that. So now we'll have them, all the videos and extra books and things that we can, and recipes, and we love the food. You you know, we love the food. I can't wait. So really excited about that piece of it too, that we're going to be able to to share that with our daughter. And I know some people are concerned about like, okay, well, if we take a couple of steps back, that means that our older daughter is not going to move up at the same level. But kind of my argument is at any of these things, ancient civs. Okay. So she'll do ancient civ again when she's 10, 11. Um, uh, You know, we're learning stuff doing ancient civs right now. I'm 40. So (laughs) I, I think going down can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge because it's hard for them to get their head around certain concepts when they're, when they're younger, but when they're older, there's always more to learn, more books, more videos, more things to do. So I'm not worried that we're going to be at some point like depriving our older one of going through these levels. Um, she may as an upper high schooler end up skipping some levels or we may end up moving a little bit faster um, mm. with both kids. But I think we have to, we have to kind of set our, um, have to set our speed based on where our younger daughter's at. Thankfully she's, you know, smart as a whip. So she's, she's, we'll sharp, see what she's ready for and we'll kind of go through it yeah. together. And we'll talk, you know, talking a little bit about that. Our four and a half year old will be turning five, um, middle of this year and she'll be starting her kindergarten curriculum. And so from the standpoint of math, I mean, what do you do with a four and a half year old with math? Well, my four and a half year old is very interested in math. She has, she refers to all homeschool as her math, which right. is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, um, all of his maths. And it, it was actually all, it was all reading. It was actually like a reading in letters that, but she called it her math. Yeah. And I said, well, why don't we start doing some math? Well, she was, she was really upset that her, her sister was getting to do workbooks, she, workbooks and, and stuff. And she's and like, where's my math? So we had to like go and get her some, we just, you know, went and got some cheap workbooks just to kind of keep her mm-hmm. happy. So she'd have something to do. And then she started excelling at it. We were like, oh, okay. Okay. Exactly. And so what, what we're going to be doing for the first half of this year with respect to math for our four and a half year old is I have been using the Evan Moore um, workbooks. Um, these are books we've talked about in the past. This is a skill Sharpeners. These are the skill sharpener books, and specifically, the we are doing right now is the pre-K math book, mm-hmm. um, which we have like ripped through. It's like 120 pages, and we've we're on like like we only have like 10 more pages to go, mm-hmm. and we've been doing it for like a month and a half. We went and bought the K math book. I because, had to scramble because we were yeah. we were moving through. Like I would say, hey, let's do two or three pages. She goes, no, dad, let's do three or four more. And then she kept asking, let's for more do pages two or more three pages. more, and like, let's do okay. two or three more. And I'm like kid, we're doing 20 pages a day in this thing. What, what are we doing? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> there are some days when she just really gets into it and she so, she loves it. So know? she loves the Evan Moore books um, mainly because she loves coloring and she loves the visual aspect mm-hmm. of any book. And so this is something I have to keep in mind as I go forward, making sure that there's this visual element, this tactile element. She can sit down and color for an hour and a half. And be happy. And, you know, you got to feed her new pages and stuff, but she's content doing that. So she's, she's very special in that respect because I don't even remember my four, my, my oldest ever coloring anything at four years old. She really wanted our, like, uh, she wanted us to be, yeah, she wanted our attention and our younger daughter is a little happier to kind of do her own thing. She is. And so it's kind of fun. So anyway, I've been leaning into the Evan Moore pre-K. We're about to start the Evan Moore K book. And I think that will last us until, you know, hopefully, I don't know, we'll see how long it lasts us, but I may have to get the yeah. next level. But Well, we also we can also lean into, there's several other types. We yeah, can do Kumon, exactly. there's Kumon Brain Quest. Yeah. There's lots of other things that we can do. And we'll probably stick with with workbooks for a bit. Because, yeah. you know, going into Write Start A too early, I mean, that's no, the next that. yeah. that's the next piece. And we'll start that um, I think, when she's in kinder. But I think, I think when we start the summer... Because it'll be a good time because everything will calm down. Mm-hmm. All of our, you know, sports and activities and the parent partnership will shut down and we'll have a lot of free time. And I think I'm going to, you know, spend that very quality time with her with the um, Right Start A mm-hmm. and really sit down and really enjoy that experience with her because I think she'll be ready for it. And it's a very fun, tactile experience, especially yeah. at those... Man, those really early days were really fun. You're playing with, you know, like tiles and sticks and all this stuff. She's going to have a blast. I think she's going to... Singing the songs. Singing all the songs, you know. What is it? Oh. Yellow is the sun. sun. This is only one. 
Oh my gosh, I can't remember. It was, oh my God, I got to block that out from like four and a half years ago. But, you um, have nightmares today. Nightmares, yeah, I know. Oh my God, I can see the book too. <laughs> the uh, Anyway, so it's very fun. Um, I think she's going to have a good time and I think we'll carry that through the rest of the year. So that's math. With respect to reading, um, I got a Evan Moore phonics book. Um, so I'm going to introduce that in maybe a, about a month or two. We are finishing up the All About Reading. I always get it wrong. It's the All About Reading pre-reading. The pre-reading curriculum, which is right up her alley coloring pages listening you know you know doing activities um cards uh, reading short stories yeah all the things she enjoys you know it's really cool because every every new lesson is a there's a page and we have to color it and you color just the letter but we we end up you know painting a whole sky and adding trees and all this (laughs) stuff she really really enjoys it it's a really fun experience and Um, she like remembers she knows a lot of her letters it's amazing and and again this is this is where the two children are so wildly different um where i struggled with my oldest memorizing and she still has trouble memorizing things she she asked me b and d capital the difference between the two she goes is it the big belly or the two yesterday (laughs) in contrast to my youngest daughter who you know looks at a number you tell her once what it is you show her how to write it and she knows it from then on, right. right? And it's so wildly different, and it's such a wild. And it's I almost kind of laugh. It's like nature has gifted me uh, a, a child who learns things instantly, <laughs> versus the struggle that I had for years with my oldest. Well, but they're very different. They're Our very, oldest is very content to sit down and do whatever you ask of her, and our youngest, youngest is not. She wants to be challenged, and if something that she doesn't find it interesting or challenging, mm-hmm. she is not in, and, and she will dig her heels in, and oh, you yes. cannot lead her to to drink. So yes. it's like, it's. Our, our older ones I'm really more... I'm going to have different challenges with the younger ones. Right. Our older ones just really go with the flow. She's oh, yeah. just happy to be here. Our younger ones like, no, I don't like that. No. <laughs> so the, the thing is, she happens to like the math and the reading that we're doing. And so she's excelling. But if she didn't like it... But, but as, we, psh, no. as we said earlier, we have run into the curriculums where she didn't enjoy it. And it's like, it is like non-starter with her she's oh yeah like, she's I just, just don't want to do it she's out so i could imagine if i ran into like a math thing that she didn't like yeah if we start right start and she doesn't like it I have she's to out we will have to do something else we'll whereas pivot. our older daughter she'll be like all right you know and she'll yeah. she'll she'll power through even something that she doesn't really so, love so stay tuned so later we'll this see. year when we run into the roadblocks with the younger one yeah exactly. <laughs> um speaking of roadblocks um We'll do all about reading, hopefully uh, level one starting maybe middle of the summer. I'm going to try and do right start and all about reading at the same time, you know, learning the letters, you know, proto reading yeah, and everything like that. We'll she'll see. be, she'll be, she'll be a rising kindergarten. Rise, she'll be five. And she will be starting kindergarten um, uh, later this year. Um, so that's kind of where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where that's, so that's math and reading for her. That's kind of the introduction there. We are talking about doing some science this year. Yeah, you know, we did the Blossom and Root uh, K space science with our older daughter when we did Around the World. And it's just, I mean, it's awesome. It's cute. It's really awesome. You know, we talked about we have an upcoming trip to Orlando um, later this year, and that'll dovetail really well with it, Mm -hmm. going to Kennedy and kind of getting that excitement going. Um, That's, again, the thing. Yeah, it's technically K, but... Gosh, there was a lot of good stuff in there, and it could easily be leveraged into third grade. Well, That's like not a problem. And next year we'll be doing the prehistory again that we did before. And right. For us, you know, doing that last year for us that was science. You know, oh, like oh, it was very much science. It, our whole curriculum was science, and so we really like that. So we're going to be doing that again next year. But right. this and, year and we got to find something to do. Yeah. That prehistory is is Blossom and Roots third grade science. Yeah. Um, what is it? It was adjunct like a, kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's one of the, it's uh, an ex- extension. Extension, extension is yeah. the word I'm looking for. And, you know, coupled with build your library. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was really great. I'm not, I'm not concerned at all about our daughter not getting, you know, our third grader not getting adequate science because there's so much stuff we can lean into with space science. I agree. Um, and I think she's going to gain just an even greater appreciation for it, but I would never skip that. I think, I think that science uh, from Blossom and Root is just it's just the perfect science introduction. I love it so much. It is, absolutely. So going from there, we'll talk a little bit about our parent partnership. So we do attend a parent partnership, which is essentially a public school um, here in the state of Washington. Um, this is not a school that does the education, obviously, from everything we've talked about up until this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, we handle 
98% of it. And we use our parent partnership for a lot of those, you know, the socialization, uh, hanging out with other kids. The entire parent partnership is, you know, massive. It's like seven, 800 kids. And they're all from K to 12th grade. And they are all homeschoolers. And they attend these these classes, and these are enrichment classes. These are not like reading and math classes, although you can take a reading and math class. You could take right. science classes, you want. whatever you want to do, but you can also take woodworking and sewing and fiddle and things of that nature. Yep. And so we are using... Robotics, uh, yeah, we're, Lego. Yeah, we're using the you know, lightsaber. What's the science next year she's going to do with Harry Potter? Oh yeah, she's going to do Hogwarts, Hogwarts science. Hogwarts like science. like a three-year rotation of Hogwarts science. And they do like they do once all about plants and animals. They call it herbology. And yeah. the, you know, so I mean, yeah, there's she's going to be jazzed about that. It's going to be, and there's a spa class she wants to oh take with all about learning she's how so, to. She's so excited to give us massages and paint our nails. <laughs> well, you know what? I think it's actually a good class because it actually teaches more than just like beauty stuff. It teaches like hygiene, ha- hygiene, hygiene, hygiene yeah, and how to yeah. care for your body. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, there's there's singing and there's um, there's all kinds of active classes there mm-hmm. and classes for hands-on skills and cooking and just lots of that kind of stuff. So it's a great way to get enrichment classes without having to shell out extra dollars and drive all over the place oh to different classes. So um, that she works made, out really well for that's us. That's great. She's made a lot of friends, mm-hmm. um, a lot of friends that she's seen in other places, like in her sports and stuff like that. So it's nice to see a lot of friendly faces around. And so we attend the parent partnership. What is wonderful about it is that our youngest will now be going to the parent partnership and I will never, no longer have to do the, you know, the tearing, you know, tearing butt across campus, you know, across town to go and get her from preschool at, you know, noon and whatnot. I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. It'll be nice. It'll be really nice. And she's very excited to attend. She ends up, she actually attends quite a few classes right now with her older sister. The the partnership is really lovely. She's, and She's auditing the class. Yeah. And I think this is true with a lot of uh, other parent partnerships, some, some charters, co-ops where, you know, you've got parents in classrooms you've got younger siblings mm-hmm. one of the, her classes she has a music class and uh, your father actually comes and takes the class with yes. her and brings his instrument too and they all play as part of the orchestra um and you know so there's younger siblings there's parents there's grandparents yeah it's really the, the, it's really open to uh, it's, it's one a of the, family atmosphere it's a family atmosphere and what's so cool about it is that as what you said i think that the experience that my daughter's had with the strings classes, I think, emblematic of what the school, you know, this is what schools could be like, right? Where yeah. we, she takes a strings class, she's got 10 or 12 other kids in there, in the room, you know, a wide range of ages, maybe up to, you know, 10 or 11 years old, all the way down to six years old. There's about five or six parents in there. And then that are also learning that are also learning. There's a mother who was learning the violin as well. And so she was, you know, attending the class and doing all the work as well. Um, and then my, my father's able to come and play cello as well and, and join in with them, you know, and, and that not to be an issue and that to mm-hmm. be, not be something weird and actually be celebrated, I think is a, it really shows, I think what school could be, you know, when yeah. you kind of open and embrace the the family atmosphere. So our school is very much a family atmosphere and, and you can't miss it when you go there. There's like parents and little children and babies. And babies. And well, it's funny yeah. too. Our, our daughter's <laughs> going to be going into, our younger's going to be going into kindergarten with uh, her, the, the, the kindergarten teacher there next year. And she already knows and loves that teacher because when she was two she used to sit on her lap while she read stories to the to our older daughter's kindergarten class and it was all we always were like oh no we're so sorry she goes oh no come in and yeah she would sit on her lap while she'd read stories and and she would do activities she's been waiting for this since she was like i don't know she She was two two yeah yeah she's been waiting to get into this class to get into this class and she's finally going to go and she's now it's she's going to attend the class and what's going to be really great it's going to be a lot of fun and then she gets that's a big class, so it takes up. We get like seven credits, and it takes up, I think, what three or four. Yeah, of them. yeah. And then, so she's going to take a couple additional classes as well. That's our younger. She's having a hard time choosing. We've oh. been talking with her about it. She wants to do like all the classes all Big the Sister classes, takes, yeah. and <laughs> you know what's really fun too is that the the school allows us to add and drop classes whenever we want. So if something's mm-hmm. not working for our family or not working for our kid kids in whatever way, we they just encourage you to change. Yeah, we just make a change. Um, What's what's nice too is that there isn't a lot of uh you know bring home stuff so it's, it's not like they have a lot of homework. No. It's pretty loose. They do understand that we have a pretty rigorous home schedule of all the things we got to teach at home. We we have some friends that go to a different parent partnership mm-hmm. that has a lot less classes, but they get 
an intense amount of homework from that. And that really affects how much they can do at home. So we're appreciative of kind of the level. I'm sure it's going to grow as she gets older. But now at this young age, uh, she can kind of go take these fun classes, come home. And there's there's some practice and something she needs to do. But in general, um, it doesn't really impede the stuff we want to do at home, which is awesome. Absolutely. Moving beyond the parent partnership, we've talked about both of our daughters, math and reading, and then the social studies curriculum. And science. And science is a little bit as well. The main thing I I think with respect to challenges that we have coming up this year, um, for me, it's going to be finding time with both of them. I know there's a lot of parents listening here and going, ah, Matt, you're, get out of the way. I got three kids. I do this. No big deal. For me, it's going to be something brand new because I've been able to focus with my older daughter for so long and my youngest really just not having much expectation well they're also at at school at different times right we are our younger daughters in preschool a couple of days a week Mm -hmm. and our older daughters at the parent partnership and they're not on the same days so there's time where you get with each kid and you get to focus on them now now i've got to make the big decision do i make sure the classes are on the same time or make sure they're they're not like do i want some free time for myself i've right you're looking forward to that actually i've had both experiences where I aligned the schedules one year so that they were preschool and in classes at the same time. That gave me, you know, two mornings a week where I could, you know, write and relax. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about a lot of stuff. I I could prep for things and whatnot. This year I took the shifted schedule so that, you know, my youngest was in preschool while my oldest was home. And so it gave me two full days, the Tuesday, Thursdays in order to do all the homeschooling and we do get a lion's share of the homeschooling done that day on monday was kind of a test ground for me and whether or not i could homeschool both of them together and that has proven to be pretty good so i'm tentatively going to say align the schedules give yourself some time (laughs) give myself some free time i've been feeling like i've been missing that this year just as a parent and as an educator I've been missing that a little bit this year. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll try to align them this year, this coming year and see if that, that helps. And then can I do homeschooling, you know, with both of them at different times? And we're going to definitely be testing a lot of stuff this year. I mean, just, I mean, just as a reference, my youngest just gave up her, her nap, you know, four months ago, five months yeah. ago. So it is still, you know, you know, new territory for us with respect to, how do I handle her on a daily basis? And it's, it's very new for me to have like both kids up in the afternoon doing activities, both having quiet time. Yeah. Me being able to go into the garage. Can I leave a four-year-old with an eight-year-old? Does, is that against the law? <laughs> Can I go work out while I do that? Like there's a lot of, there's been a lot of discovery in the last few months. And, and all that discovery has been with the focus of, well, how am I going to handle educating both these children at the same time? Mm-hmm. How will my schedules look? Will I have to spend less time with my eight-year-old? Will her, you know, velocity in math come down? Will her velocity in reading come down? Because now I've got to invest a little bit more time with this kid. You know, I have to think about that. So that's my big, one of my biggest challenges this year. And Um, I I think one of the things we may do is we may decide to put, you know, we've talked about how we we tend to pair these more instructor intensive curriculums with less right in the Mm -hmm. same subject matter what we might do is you know do some sort of an offset where our older daughter is doing um intent is doing all about reading and doing math mammoth or she's doing right start and explode the code so that each kid only has one intensive of the two core subjects um and we may do the same with the other that way we can leveraging the summers as well to get those more intensive curriculums because oh it's easier i'm home with everyone but like with what happened last year with with the summer this past summer oh i felt like that summer just ripped through oh my gosh it was gone in an instant vaporized well you know they had so many friends that there was a lot of play dates and there was was a lot of fun there was also like a lot of trips to nana and papas and grandma and grandpa and and there was girl scout camps camps and and everything there was a lot of that kind of stuff too and there's even more camps this year i'm starting to shift my expectations with respect to like what can i get done in the summer and what is realistic in the summer i remember like halfway through the summer going gosh i I'm not moving as fast as I thought it was. And right. maybe the summer's not as functional as, as it was before when it, when we didn't have as much going on. So I'm going to have to like tiptoe into that. This summer's going to be a lot of tiptoeing, um, trying to find out what is kind of the normal. Talked a little bit about balancing the parent partnership with the two children. How are we going to schedule? We're going to, we have this 
amazing moment coming in June where we are going to schedule both these girls and we got to figure out how does their schedules align? Yeah. How, yeah. when do they take classes? How many, you know, I'm going to be at this parent partnership nine days out of five days of the week. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. like how often will I be here? It's kind of interesting uh, to think about. And finally, guys, I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now. Sports and activities. Yeah. I'm coaching two girls basketball teams. I've got my first and second grade girls basketball team, but I'm also coaching pre-k basketball which i i refer to as the coaching gulag if you can win there you can win anywhere um i, I it's funny i said oh yeah I'll, you know coach some four-year-olds no big deal play basketball sure and then i like i kind of looked at you and i said ariel there's a there's a possibility that 50% of my team just learned to be potty trained in the last calendar year. Like, what yeah. am I getting myself into? This some of is, them might not be. Some yeah. of them might still might, yeah, be struggling a little bit, you know? And right. I, I, I got to teach them defense and offense and shooting and dribbling. I mean, this is really, crazy. Yeah. They're just there to have fun. Anyway, but, so but sports, sports are starting to become a thing, right? Yep. We've got fall sports and spring sports. And we, I, it's just, I don't know. It's we never do anything in half measures. So you're, uh, you, you always coach your assistant coach, or we're always really involved. Um, so we have, we have that and we, it's fun. We know a family that's, you know, a few years ahead of us. Um, they've got three kids and their oldest is in high school and then they have one in middle school and one yeah. in mid elementary. I think and we're, we're going to get her on the podcast and talk to her about We're going to have to at yeah. some point. Because um, she's kind of like If that, you're listening to this, you know who you are. Yeah. But she's it's funny. kind of that window into the future for yeah, us. Yeah, but we're, it's fun. We were talking about you the other day. Was, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's fun because we're, I'm seeing like the future of how much of their lives revolve around yeah. the sports of their kids. Yeah. And their kids are in sports kind of all year long. And our oldest is, uh, she digs sports from like a social standpoint <laughs> at this point. But our youngest is like she's got the eye she loves sports she's super active she loves it she's like very it, it's totally her jam so um, i can see that growing as the years go by and this will be a good test year because yeah. our youngest can't do all the sports yet she that she might to. want to do she wants, she wants to. to but um our older daughter certainly will be involved in well, a few different and, ones and, so. the most, and, and the reason is like oh matt why do you coach and for me like athletics was such a big piece of my life um, you know, all the way up to, into college as well, right? And even beyond that, like playing intramural basketball here in Puget Sound, the PSBL area, um, you know, league here in Seattle. And, you know, I played intramurals in college and I played a little bit of collegiate sports as well. So like sports have been a big thing for me for a long time. And yeah. only recently have I not played sports and I've gone more into like, you know, weightlifting and fitness and stuff like that. But for me, I like I want sports to be a thing for them, you know, not just for the fitness aspect, but also for there's a lot of like, you know, psychological stuff there and yeah. a lot of learning and team building and individual, you know, overcoming, you know, a lot of struggle and mm -hmm. and finding, you know, um, a, a deeper level within yourself yeah. to to compete and whatnot. And the reason why I coach is because I I had a lot of coaches that were not very good and I had a mm -hmm. lot of coaches that were really good. And I think I'm a decent coach. I think you're a great coach. Well, and I mean, like, you know what? Six or seven of your 10 girls on your squad all requested you as a coach <laughs> because they had been with you last yeah. year. They'd been with you during volleyball. Yeah. And, and I think mostly but, we but want, want our girls to have a really positive experience. I, thank you. And I want them to have a good experience. Not yeah. because, like, I'm going to teach them the optimal way to play zone no. defense or the optimal way to serve a volleyball. But I really want their their experience to be very positive. Mm -hmm. Um and I want it to be very formidable in their life. And I want them to remember, you know, dad was there to help me and he was a big piece of it. Like, oh, I think so too. You, we, know, you know, we've played against some other coaches in these couple leagues and yeah. some of them are really intense with their kids. Yeah. And it's just, you're, I think it's amazing what you, that you do what you do. You're a terrific coach. Um, and just knowing that every girl on that team is getting a, a, good, experience. a good, positive building experience they all had they all were better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning they all had more confidence they had more fun mm -hmm. they walked out of it saying that was really fun even if they didn't come back and play the next year it was they all had a good time and they made friendships and so yeah. I think it's awesome. Want well, to be cool too to carry forward you know if there's girls that just keep coming back to the same sport you're right it does you start to build a friend network and especially when you know, when she gets older, she's going to be allowed to play at the high school and the middle mm -hmm. school levels. Um, that is going to be something she's allowed to do, even though she's a homeschooler. Yeah. As our friend, her son, you know, is at the local high school and he actually competes on multiple sports and has friends and has other homeschoolers that he plays with. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's important for me because if she goes to that school, I want her to know a few people already. Sure. And, and it's the best way to have that is just to carry her through a bunch of sports and stuff. So Absolutely. And so while you're leaning into that, I've taken on Girl Scout leadership. So this is my first year doing it. And em- Empress of brownies. <laughs> I... I can't really imagine not doing it next year, although it's it's a lot of work and I don't think I'm great at it, but my, my co-leader is amazing and helps me feel better about the whole thing because she's really good with kids. I'm just a better organizer. I'm not great. I'm great with my own kids, I think, um, but I'm not great with like everybody's kids. You're great with like all kids. I'm, I'm not really I don't Ariel, have that gene. It's okay, Ariel. Ariel falls into the camp of, I really like my kids. I don't really like your kids. <laughs> I mean, in general, there's only a few other kids that I really like. It, it's I. But I think we all have that. Like I all the I'm parents just, listening right now are laughing. They're like, "Yeah, I don't like any any other kids, but I, I like my kids." Yeah, I, I like my own kids most of the time. Um, I like I like all the kids. They're all cool. See, you're you're good with kids though. I I really don't. I was not born with that gene, and I was actually a little worried when we were pregnant with our first. Like, am I going to like, like this child? Yeah, like. <laughs> I'm not good with children. Am I be okay with this? And you know, it just came naturally. It was fine. But, um, sure. but yeah, now that I'm like leading other That's people's, what you keep telling yourself. Right. Now that I'm leading other people's kids, I'm like, I'm not great at this. I'm really looking forward actually to when they step up to the next level and become juniors, because I think mm. that's much more on my wavelength yeah. than brownies is still, um, a little squirrely for me. You and want to be able to, to rationalize with them. I want them to be able to sit down and say, Hey, let's do this activity and let's all give it some attention and some yeah, care. Yeah. And right now they're kind of just crazy a lot of the time. So you haven't um, mastered the uh, psychological manipulation of young children, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. but it's great. We, we, we have a homeschool troop. And so that's awesome because we have multi ages in there no, it's tremendous. and they have girls that are entering high school that they can learn from. And then they've got younger girls they can model for. Mm-hmm. So, and there's toddlers toddling around and stuff and there's plenty of moms i can't imagine those girl scout leaders or boy scout leaders or whatever you know if you if you lead a group of children um through something like this and the parents leave and you're just there with other people's kids i mean my hat's off to you i love the fact that these parents because they're homeschool troop the moms and dads just stay um and that's fabulous because i i i don't know that i would survive if i was on my own and some of those girl scout troops too are like i mean they've got like 18 yeah. second graders or something and there's like two leaders how are you ladies doing this I, I have six and if i am ever by myself i am like even with my co-leader i sometimes feel a little outnumbered so um yeah so you need, you need a whistle <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i'm i'm leaning into that and so that's going to be a big a big piece too of this next year and enough us juggling and i think that's where we're going to cap it one mm-hmm. one and, and our younger uh daughter is a proto daisy this year she's attended and she's just joined in with the daisy group because she's she's four and a half but she's really she's got the like emotional intelligence of like a a kindergartner so she's just right in there with the kindergartners Mm -hmm. um and she's having a great time so next year she will be a daisy and our older daughter will be a brownie um so they'll both be in the troop together and that will be really great um so that'll be great so this is the last year that our daughter gets to sell cookies on her own next year she's gonna have to share all her earnings with her sister and she's already she knows she's aware that this is her last year she's like i gotta seize this opportunity carpe uh, carpe diem yeah she she knows next year she's gotta split the pot so um yeah yeah we, we hope this is uh you know get a window into year five for us and yeah. you know seeing seeing the evolution thank you guys who still have committed been, still, yeah. still haven't decided to leave <laughs> so you say every anniversary like all right we're still in this right i'm like yeah we're still in keep this. it going keep it going <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you, you clean the blood off you're like i'm not down yet <laughs> well yeah it's funny we say this every wedding anniversary we'll hit 15 what uh, you want to keep doing this yeah our 15th wedding anniversary every <laughs> anniversary you're like all right i still love you you want to still go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. let's stay let's stick with this stay, keep <laughs> it's kind of our, our running joke and i think homeschool is that way for us too we yeah. really um, I think we're kind of long-term mindset and hopefully our kids will yeah. be too. We'll see how what the future brings for us. And we hope, we hope this little window into our coming year has helped you. Thank you guys who continue to support the podcast have been here. You know, the long haulers who have been here for a long time and all, all you guys who are new, we're so happy to have you here. And, and we have some fun things coming up this year and, um, we, we're putting together, uh, you know, podcast plan for the next couple, couple, uh, you know, months and everything. We were just coming up with some ideas 
yeah, and some fun stuff. We, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff, and, and we we are happy to have you. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel and see see our faces instead of our voices. Well, yeah. see our faces faces and our voices. And if you have things that you're struggling with, oh, yeah. or um, you know, suggestions for episodes, or some specific like expert, maybe you listen to another podcast or you read somebody's book or something, mm-hmm. and you were like, oh, that person's fabulous. I'd love to hear from them. You know, drop us a line. It's Homeschool Together Podcast at mm-hmm. gmail.com. You know, drop or, us a line. Let or us if know. you're a, a first year homeschooler and you want to talk about your experience yeah if you want to if you have some unique experience we would love to uh we we love doing these homeschool journeys interviews where we talk with families just about what their day is like i remember before i started homeschooling and when we were very new into it i just loved listening to like a day in the life of other mm-hmm. of other people and what it looked like for them and i could kind of dream about what it was going to be like for me um, and i think that helps us to build community and see some commonalities so yeah if it's we do series of first year homeschoolers so if it's your first year kind of what you learned and you know how that went for you you know reach out to us or if you have a homeschool journey you want to talk about you know definitely reach out to us we would love to talk with you for the podcast so here's to 2024 the fourth year of the podcast and we're pretty excited to keep doing this and keep bringing you guys uh, new content thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey please engage with us on social media Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!